Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, as we round out the year, it's a nice time to reflect back on the year that was 2022 and also use that to get some perspective and project forward into 2023. A lot has happened, of course, from Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and we're following that very closely today with President Zelensky in the United States. Uh, we'll soon have a press conference about an hour from now with President Joe Biden, followed later today by a uh, joint uh, speech to the joint session of Congress uh, a lot of other things that have taken place, student loan forgiveness, midterm elections, uh, all kinds of pollings and trends. And uh, to help us break all of that down, we uh, go to our, our good friends at Sean Cooperman Research. And uh, Zoe Young, of course, is vice president there at Sean Cooperman Research. Always appreciate their perspective. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, so let's take a, a look at some of the uh, the top polling trends from 2022. What were some of the things as you uh, went through the year uh, you do. You guys do such a great job of really being in uh, on the pulse of what's going on uh, with the country. Uh, what were some of the things that stood out to you? So I would say that one of the major polling trends I noticed in 2022, and one I think will be really important to watch going forward, is the rise in educational polarization in the vote. Mm. So meaning this year, like reinforced a trend that we've seen in the few most recent elections, where college-educated voters have moved firmly to the Democratic Party, and non-college-educated voters have shifted to the Republican Party. Um, And in this year's midterms, um, a district educational attainment was really predictive of the outcome of the congressional race there. So Democrats invest in districts where more voters have a bachelor's degree, while Republicans won more districts where um, fewer voters um, are college-educated. And a lot of analysts point to Donald Trump as the driving force behind this. And while that's true, it's really accelerated over the last several years, and particularly in this this year's midterm election compared with 2018. So I feel like it's really it's just suggestive of a larger political realignment that's much bigger than Trump and is really about the two parties' values evolving and diverging. So that was one major that was one major trend that stood out to me yeah that, and that's so uh, fascinating the whole education and where the parties are splitting and aligning and and some of the shifts of, of groups that uh, were historically with one party have now started to drift towards the other i think that's all uh really fascinating we had uh sarah isker uh, on yesterday and we we're talking about uh, the fact that republicans really did turn out in uh, 2022 uh, if you took just the raw vote uh, of everything, they, they actually showed up bigger than the Democrats, and yet the Democrats uh, were able to hold on to the Senate and uh, lost the House by a smaller number than many anticipated. Uh, from from your polling and those trends, uh, what is it that you're seeing amongst the Republicans? We'll get to the Democrats in just a second. And, and the Republicans, what are you seeing in terms of uh, them? Is it just a uh, quality issue? Is it a kind of a district-by-district uh, district issue? What are you seeing there? Um, Well, I do think that what we are, I mean, it does vary. Obviously, Republicans had a major candidate quality issue this year, which hurt them in a lot of key races. But when you do break down the midterm results, what you do see is that Democrats fared very, very well in states, swing states, where um, you had these far right extreme Republican candidates running. Um, But Democrats didn't do as well in states where they weren't able to point to the Republican as um, assaulting abortion rights or assaulting Mm. democracy, like in Florida or New York, even, which is, you know, a a blue stronghold. Um, Democrats performed really poorly. So 
Um, it was a good year for Democrats, but I think there were a lot of um, races like New York, Florida, Texas that were more indicative of a normal midterm environment whereby the party out of power does better. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Yeah, that's so interesting. And uh, it's always interesting to see how the trends go in terms of voting against something (laughs) or being afraid of what happens if the the other party or the other candidate wins, as opposed to here's someone who has a vision. Uh, And even amongst the Republicans, it was, you know, should we even have an agenda or should we just be against the Democrats until we have something? Uh, Are you seeing anything else there? Any other interesting trends in terms of the, the Democrats where they need to reach or focus going into 2023? Yeah, so I think um, as a part of the uh, this rising educational polarization um, is um, Democrats have really um, lost a lot of Hispanic support and um, Hispanic voters are really a largely a working class voting group. They're one of the uh, least likely to be college educated and they have trended more Republican in recent years. Mm. And while Democrats really... Um, really lost the Hispanic vote in a bad way in Florida this year. National trends were looked more like 2020. However, that's still not good for Democrats because Democrats, you know, they need to not just win the Hispanic vote, but really win it by an extraordinary margin. So I think um, as we approach 2024, you know, a lot of Democratic strategists and consultants are going to be trying to um, devise a new strategy for reaching or I guess winning back the Hispanic vote. Yeah, I think that those are going to be very interesting. I think the Hispanic vote will be very fascinating. The rural vote, of course, is uh, another one. You've had John Tester on the Democratic side saying, hey, we, we should not abandon <laughs> this part of the country. Uh, and so I think that's been an interesting thing. What are some of the things that you're going to be having your eye on uh, rolling into 2023? Obviously, it's a, an off year. You'll have a few interesting more local races there. But what's, uh, what's top of mind for you and what you're going to be looking at and polling uh, in the new year? Um, I would say um, just how the Republican, I guess this is polling, but it's also a political trend, really how the Republican Party deals with Donald Trump. Obviously, the party did poorly in this year's midterms. A lot of people blamed him. Um, You know, there's a ton of new information coming to light about his tax returns, the possibility that he's indicted, like, you know, all these different developments. And it's going to be very interesting to see how Republicans, particularly Republicans in the House and Kevin McCarthy, um, you know, try to balance their larger political interests with, you know, his own interests of um, maintaining his position of power, which he has done by, you know, generally being loyal to Donald Trump. 
Um, so it'll definitely be interesting to see whether McCarthy feels really compelled to pursue impeachment and investigations and all these other things that a lot of the further right members of his caucus want, or whether he'll take, um, he'll try to tie himself more to the Republicans in the Senate, who a lot of whom who have tried to distance themselves from Trump, distance themselves from impeachment, um, have said that they, you know, they will, they won't look at any impeachment articles that are sent their way. So I think that dynamic is going to be very, um, it's going to be really telling of how the 2024 elections are going to play out. Yeah, and before I let you go, Zoe, let's let's go quickly to the Democratic side in terms of the uh, the White House and, and President Biden. What are some of the the trends or the underlying tones that you're looking at in terms? Obviously, he's got to make a decision on reelect, uh, and then you also have a host of things happening in terms of what this will mean for the Democrats in 2024 generally. Uh, what are you watching there? What are some of the clues we should be keeping our eye on? Um, well, I do think that, you know, the midterms, the Democrats did very well. And, you know, President Biden should look at this as a success. However, Democrats really shouldn't take this into as a mandate election. And I don't think they do. Um, so um, what I think I'm really going to be looking out for is how much Biden really still tries to, you know, reach across the aisle, as he has done in a big way, you know, with infrastructure, with gun policy, with everything or whether he is going to um, view the election as a mandate and really try to use their 51-seat um, majority in the Senate to push through Democratic policies, um, you know, in these next two years, rather than uh, work with Republicans yeah. in the way I think they should. Yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting thing if he, if he tacks more to the middle, uh, more of a Bill Clinton model in terms of uh, continuing down that path, or whether it's uh, more going further using more executive orders or, again, playing off of that divided uh, House and Senate will be uh, really fascinating to, to keep our eye on. Zoe Young, Vice President of Sean Cooperman Research. Uh, always appreciate your perspective, Zoe. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for thank you very much for having me. All right. Uh, we'll go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, Jay Evenson is going to join us from the Deseret News. We're headed for a cashless society, but could some people get left behind? We'll talk about that coming up next. Stick around. 